Welcome back to the Coach Approach to Finding New Clients. This module, this portion of the module is really about the, the coach approach. And so far, we've looked at who the buyers of executive coaching services are, and we've explored what they're looking for in an executive coach. We've discussed some of the critical mindsets required and how, and we've also given you the menu of options for where to find clients. Now we're going to go deeper into the option we recommend for the fastest easiest, most comfortable route to results, the coach approach to finding clients, which is about leveraging your personal connections and relationships. And once again, we are Susie Pomerantz and Ian Brody, and we're going to recommend that you start with who you know. The quickest method for finding potential clients is to make a list of everyone you already know. We call this taking a relationship asset inventory. Let's see what you have in stock already. In this case, we mean who you're already connected to in a sufficient relationship to ask for introductions, to ask for connections, maybe to ask for information. So here are the steps for your relationship asset inventory. First, you're going to list the categories in your life in which you already know people. So these could be family members, religious institution that you participate in, work, coworkers, colleagues, um, people in your neighborhood, people at the local school or that you used to go to school with, people that your children go to school with, perhaps, past employers or past business associates, perhaps friends, associations you belong to, maybe professional groups, um, other kinds of colleagues from past or present, parents of friends of yours, as well as parents of your children's friends, if appropriate. Um, maybe those who provide services to you, like your dentist or any of your medical professionals or someone who perhaps helps you in your business. So each of these are categories in your life in which you already know people. Then you want to make each category a separate page and list all the people you know in each category. So this takes a little time, but it's easy because these are people you already know. In each category, you want to choose the top three people that you know best and consider those to be your networking starters, right? Who are the top three that you feel most comfortable going to to ask for networking help? And then set up a time to talk to or be with your networking starters and tell them your vision. Tell them what you're up to. Ask them who they know that you could talk to about your vision. Ask them who, so in other words, you're starting with who you know, and you're asking them who they know. And then you want to follow up. You want to seek out every person that your networking starters referred you to. And again, tell them your vision. Tell them what you're up to. And ask each of these people who they know that you might talk to. And you want to continue to work your way this way through your network lists. And then you want to just continue with the follow-up. You want to meet people from your network starters networks, and it continues to expand in that way. Just make sure that you tell everyone you meet what you're up to in your business and in your life. Tell everyone a clear profile of who are your ideal clients. Plant some seeds for referrals. Ask for introductions, and here's how that might look. You might say, do you happen to know anybody who is X or who needs Y or who could use Z? Of course, you're going to fill in the X, Y, and Z with things that are meaningful to you and what you're trying to do. Or you might say, do you or anyone you know ever find that you have this particular challenge? And you highlight a challenge that your target clients usually have. And that will help the people you're talking to to know how to recommend people to you or what kinds of people to point in your direction. 
So after establishing your relationship asset inventory, you're ready for round two targeting. Okay, so what we've done in round one, where we've started off with the people we know, is we're starting off with who we know, and we're trying to move towards the people we want to get to, the potential clients. With targeting, round two, we're going the other way around. So we're trying to start off by thinking of who we'd, we would really like to get to, to work with, for, to become clients of ours, start with them, and then work our way back to who do we know? So ideally, we're going to meet somewhere in the middle. So with this process, you start off by making a list of, of everyone uh, who you know who's essentially in an industry or an organization that appeals to you. So list the types of businesses or organization that you'd really like to work with. So it could be Fortune 500 companies generally. It could be nonprofits, professional service organizations. And then list everyone you know who's connected to those sort of organizations in some way. So it could be that they work in those sort of organizations. It could be that they provide service to those organizations. It could be that they're a client, a customer of those organizations. They have friends or relatives who are in those organizations. But So cast your net wide, um, but make sure you go deep too. So Because um, you never really know who the people you know actually know, but make a, a long as, as long a list as possible about who it is, um, who you know, who may be connected to these sorts of organizations. And then prioritize that list based on who you will be able to connect you to executives in the type of organization you're targeting. So it's a bit like the previous list, but you've started off with not the categories of how you know them, but who they might be able to get you in touch with. But just like before, you're prioritizing the ones um, who will be able to get you connected. And what you'll probably do is think of the people who you'd feel comfortable and it would be easy for you to just pick up the phone and to um, to ask them if they can introduce you to someone or make a request to get a connection with someone in one of those sorts of organizations. Um, now, if it helps you to be comfortable, it's probably a good idea to script and practice your request from those people. Obviously, when you make the request in real life, you want it to sound as natural as possible. So if you work best just with a few bullet points and notes, go from that. If you work best by scripting it and then practicing and practicing until it sounds natural, then do that. And simply ask them, you know, who do they know and who are they willing to introduce you to? And think about how you can become top of mind for them. Now, one way of looking at this is to take that list and set it up as a kind of hierarchy. So the, the strongest type of um, person relationship you, you can use there is someone who can refer you with confidence. So someone knows you, they know your work, and they know the kind of results you can produce. So they'll feel very confident referring you and giving you a strong recommendation to one of these organizations or type of people you'd like to work with. Second in the hierarchy are, are people who know you, they like you, but they've never perhaps never seen you in action. They've never seen your results, so they can't vouch for your work, but they would be willing to introduce you. So these are the sort of people who might just pass on an email and say, hey, you should speak to um, John, Ian, Susie, or they might, um, they might be willing for you to use their name if you make a phone call to someone and say, oh, John Smith suggested I gave you a call. So they can make an introduction, but they don't know you well enough and haven't seen you in that context where they can vouch for your work. And the other set of people is people you know on that list, but you don't feel confident enough yet to ask for an, in, for an introduction or a recommendation from yet. So you might know them. They might be a business acquaintance, a friend, etc. but you don't know them in that context where it's like you either know them well enough or they've seen you in action that they, you could, uh, you could ask, actually ask them to make an introduction. So what you're going to do is you're going to start off, obviously, with the people at the top of that hierarchy and start working with the people and asking them for introductions and recommendations. But you're also, over the longer term, you want to develop those people. 
So you want to turn people who can introduce you but can't vouch for your work into people who can vouch for your work. So think about for those people in that category, how can you get them to see the results of what you do or to see you in action so they'll be able to vouch for you? And for the people you don't feel confident enough yet for, work on building a relationship with them so that you do feel confident, especially if it looks like they could introduce you to the right people. And add on to that list another category of people. These are people who you don't know yet but who are ideally placed to introduce you. So it could be, for example, if you would like to work in the legal sector with executives in law firms, that perhaps the chairperson of the local law society or a professional networking organization, you know, you don't know them, but you know of them and you know that they know a lot of the sort of people you want to get introduced to. So over the longer term, you create yourself a plan and you think of how do I grow my pool of people who can introduce me. So you build a plan for getting an introduction to that person and building your relationship with, with that person. And make sure you're scouring all the sources you can. So one very good way of doing this, especially to find people who are ideally placed to introduce you, um, is to look on LinkedIn. So on LinkedIn, you can do two things. One is with your existing list of people, you can go, you can make sure you're connected to them on LinkedIn, and then you can go to their profile and you can see who they know. And very often you'll be astounded at the number of people you know who you think might vaguely be connected with the sort of people you want to be introduced to. But it turns out when you look on LinkedIn, actually there are a number of very specific examples of people they could introduce you to. Or the alternative is to go to the advanced search facility on LinkedIn. And what you do with there is on the advanced search, you can specify an industry sector, if that's what you're targeting, or you can specify a job title of someone, um, or you can specify a group they might be part of if they're likely to be part of a, if we look at the, the legal the, the legal sector, for example, there are various legal industry um, groups on LinkedIn. You can, If you join those, you can specify they could be a member of those as well. And that search will show you up. Um, and you can also specify a geography, by the way. So you can see, you know, within 50 miles of a certain city or a, a certain post or zip code. So you can try and get the ones if you want to work in a, in, a, in a specific geography. It'll then show you a list of people who meet those criteria. And what you can then do is if you filter that down to show you the second order connections, it will show you on the list who your common connections are. So by clicking on the list of common connections, you can see, oh, I know this person and I know this person uh, on LinkedIn that also knows this person who I hadn't thought of, I didn't know before, but appears to meet the criteria for being a great client for me. And we have a common connection. Once you know that common connection, if it's someone who you already know can refer you with confidence, then you do that. If it's someone who can introduce you, you ask for that. If it's someone who you just know and you're just connected to on LinkedIn, but you don't really feel confident yet, then you work, especially if there are many times when, you, when their name pops up as a common connection, then you work on building your relationship with them. So what you're really doing by that targeting is you're deciding who you would like as clients and then you're making it clear to people um, and you're finding connections to those people. Now, when you do make the call to ask those people for a referral or an introduction, it helps as if you can be as, if, if you can be as specific as possible. So what you want is a kind of generic description of their role. So it could be they're a you know, CFO in a pharmaceutical corporation, uh, they're women partners in professional service firms, you know, military and veterans that are transitioning to civilian leadership, healthcare leaders mid-level managers etc um, and you, ideally you're also got from your LinkedIn list some specific individuals you might be asking for introductions to or specific businesses so you're really giving the person you're asking something they can get hold of and easily say yes I know that person yes I know that business or yes I know that type of person so the more you're, you're focused on that the easier it's going to be for people to introduce you 
And the other way of looking at it is not the kind of description of them in terms of the industry, the sector, the type of person they are, but the sort of problem they face. So it could be senior women leaders hitting the glass ceiling or, or um, new, newly promoted executives in fast-growing industries who are struggling with leadership for the first time. Um, now, if you hit it from that angle, that's often um, the motivation why they might want to hire an executive coach. It's sometimes difficult to find those people. It's easier to find people who work in a certain industry. But if you do find people who are hitting the glass ceiling, you know, have a certain leadership problem, etc., then often they're much more motivated to hire someone because they have a specific problem you can help with. And also look at the different roles of person who you might want to be introduced to. Um, as we said in the uh, earlier on in the module, you have the different types of potential buyer of executive coaching. You have the executives, the very senior executive, the chief executive CFO, potentially the executives you might be working with themselves, um, an HR person who could introduce you or may have some, have some criteria, or even a, a, a potential buyer. So all of those could be people you might want introductions to that might be valuable. So if you're targeting the sector or the industry side, then it's easier to find those buyers. Um, but if you're targeting the particular problem, then it's, when you do find them, it's easier for them to say yes because you deal with a particular problem they have. So ideally, if you can find a mix of the two that go together, then you're going to be in a very good situation. So it could be, for example, you target R&D heads of pharmaceutical companies because they're typically isolated and frustrated because the sales guys get the top job. So it's easy to find R&D heads of pharmaceutical companies, and they all have a common leadership challenge that you're able to deal with. And you're kind of skill in combining those different factors to identify your niches we talked about earlier can really help you. If you can find a decision maker with a meaty problem, with money to solve it that matches the skills that you provide and that you've got a passion for, then you're going to be in a good situation where you're likely to get a client. And so look inwards at your strengths and the connections you already have, audit your experience, your expertise, the contacts you have. You know, that really gives you the fuel for deciding what might be a potential niche. Think about the little Q&A we did in one of the earlier videos. So look at that niche. Does it make sense? Is it feasible? Can I reach it? And uh, But also keep open to a niche finding you. As, as Susie told that story in the earlier video, um, she didn't set out to target executives in law firms, but that niche kind of found her. And that's all tied up with this who are you, tar who are you targeting. And remember, if you can't figure out your niche, start prospecting anyway, and you'll be able to refine it as you go along, especially if you're just starting out. It's often really difficult to know which type of niche, which type of organization, which type of person you really love to work for, who your skills are ideally matched for, and who'll connect with you and click with you and will really feel comfortable hiring you. So just get out there, start prospecting, start getting introductions to potential clients, and over time, you'll get a much better idea of what your ideal niche is. And it's okay if your target changes. As your passion changes, as your calling changes, or as your life experiences change, that's all right. But what, what Ian's been talking about, this business of creating a list of who could introduce you to whom, working on that over time, making that list stronger, is, is always important, but also immediately leveraging that list to get introductions is your first port of call because that's how you're going to have more success and that's going to feel more comfortable than any of the other methods. And we just want you to be relaxed about this process of targeting. It's just about getting going and being in movement and being in action about it. So mm. we're not saying spend six months in a going in circles figuring out who your target is or you know doing these worksheets. Try one and see what happens. You never really know until you get out there. It's going to keep changing. Be open to that. And that's why the, the most perfectly simple place to start 
is by listing all the people you know already. Perhaps there's a niche that will emerge once you see your list and you won't know that until you've gone through this exercise of making your list. The point of listing everyone you know is just to help you in determining and finding those people who could be potential buyers of your services, evaluating the feasibility of your target list. Are they actually buyers or not? And we have a worksheet that you can um, access to the targeting worksheet. And once you've done all the listing that you can do of all the people that you're even remotely linked to, the next step is to get into action scheduling conversations with each of them. Ideally, you will have prioritized them already according to your current level of comfort and picking up the phone and asking for a conversation or meeting. Just keep it easy for yourself. Start with the easiest ones. The folks you already know can be the beginning of expanding your potential client list because they're going to suggest connections for you and they are going to facilitate those connections either with an introduction or permission to use their name when you reach out to the new contact. So um, just a note about scheduling these conversations is that these are five-minute calls or less. These are not big, long, you know, pitch your services, get on the phone and convince the prospective buyer of anything. These are the kind of call like you call up your, um, your hairdresser to make a haircut appointment or you call up your dentist's office to make a dental appointment. They're quick scheduling conversations. It can be an email. It could be a voicemail. It's not a sales call. This is just a call to have a conversation about what you're up to and, and whether or not they know anybody who's in the ideal set of people that you're interested in meeting and whether they're, they're feeling comfortable enough to make a recommendation or introduction for you. Yeah, and I think one of the one of the reasons why it's a good idea to start off with the people you know well and to start scheduled meetings, scheduling meetings with them, talking about your vision, where you're headed, um, and who the right people for you to speak to would be, is it just gets you into the habit of that kind of level of networking and interacting with people. Um, if you started off by having to make a call to a chief executive of a large organization that you didn't know, you would really struggle with that. But if you've already worked with and spoken to and met up with dozens of people who you already know, who can introduce you to people, who can make those connections for you, who can get you on a warm call or make a recommendation for you, it becomes much, much easier by the time you have that first interaction with a senior person who you'd like to bring on as a client. So you're really training yourself as well and psychologically preparing yourself all the time for going out into the world and just being more active at speaking to people and talking to them about potentially becoming a client. And besides, it's safest to start with the people you know, right? Because they're mm. not going to – it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to say it perfectly. You don't have to say it cleanly. You don't have to have it scripted. You're just talking to people you know. And it'll help you in practicing and fine-tuning how you talk about what you're doing if you start with the people you know. Absolutely. Um, they're on your side. Right. They're on your side. They want you to succeed, and it's going to help you to practice making the request for introductions because um, you're more comfortable with the people that you already know to do that. And then you start to develop that muscle and that skill. And then when you start getting to people that you don't know as well, you'll still have the capability of asking for introductions. And that's how you build a network. Um, I, you know, I, I've told the story before where when I left my teaching career, I interviewed, I did informational interviews with 150 people. Well, that started with three people that I knew. It was the same model. Um, starting with three people that I knew and asking them for introductions or recommendations of who else I should talk to. And that's how any networking happens ever. Mm. Um, so this is, as Ian was saying, this is an ongoing activity. This is not something to just do at the start of your business. This is something to do all along. I think something you mentioned earlier, Susie, is worth restating. Um, you talked about sharing your vision 
with the people you meet with. And I find that's an incredibly powerful way of doing things, especially if your vision is more than just making a lot of money from coaching. Most people who go into coaching have a vision, a goal, an aspiration that's higher than themselves. They either have a, a kind of gift, a talent that they want to share with the world. They want to, you know, th- we, we talked before about um, working with, you know, women who've hit the glass ceiling. Well, normally coaches who do that, do that not just because they think they can make a lot of money from women who've hit the glass ceiling. They do it because they think it's the right thing to do to help these people achieve their goals and to break through that bad situation. Similarly, with lots of different types of coaching, often people are attracted to, you know, coaching for non Nonprofits because they want to help nonprofits succeed. And if you have a vision that's bigger than just you and your business, it really helps the people you speak to get behind that vision. They feel positive by supporting that vision and they'll be motivated to help you succeed over and above any positive feelings they feel towards you themselves. So next steps, um, we, we've talked in this video about um, firstly creating your initial um, relationship asset inventory. So the first thing to do is to create that and start working through the list. And then either after that, or sometimes you can overlap it as well, create your target list of the type of people and organizations you'd like to work work with and work through that. And as we said, they'll they'll kind of meet in the middle. And it's okay if you if you come back to people. It's okay if you do your relationship asset inventory. You have a series of meetings with people talking about your vision, what you'd like to do. They point you in certain directions. And then when you create your target list, you find that one of the people you've already spoken to was on you've already was, was actually now on that list and they could introduce you but you didn't mention it at the time that's absolutely fine just go back to them and say oh now it's become clear to me that the people i want to focus with the place where i can add the most value is x y and z um, and i noticed that you know you've got a connection with some of those people can we talk about maybe um, whether we could get an introduction to them or your views on this or can I get your advice on that. And it's great to go back with them because it's more than one conduct. You don't actually lose out. It's not all about getting it perfect first time and therefore not getting started. It's about getting going, making progress and keeping making progress. And make sure you keep expanding your network in this manner after you've done the initial list. So do it on an ongoing basis and that way you'll keep bringing more and more potential clients into your circle of influence. And especially if you've hit a lull in your business development, the place to return to get unstuck or to get things moving again is always in this networking stage. Mm. And in fact, even later on, so if you're an experienced coach who's maybe going through a rocky patch and is looking to invigorate your business, it can be even more powerful for you because your network is likely to be larger than a startup coach and it's also likely to be more targeted. You're also likely to have more people in it who are of that senior level because of the people you've coached and worked with before that can provide great introductions for you. It's just a matter of kind of resurrecting those relationships, getting back in touch with them and seeing where it goes from there. And nine times out of 10, 99 times out of 100, actually, they'd usually love to hear from you. Often we're a little frightened about getting back in touch with people we haven't spoken to for a while. But as long as we have a genuine reason to get back in touch and we did great work for them before or we were good friends before, they'd love to hear from you. And just the act of making the lists will help you remember other people that you might not have thought about in some time. Mm. It's amazing how that works. You think you think you're carrying around in your head the complete list, but when you start writing it down on paper, it just does trigger more and more thoughts and and uh, and ideas. Whether that's the target list and it inspires your thinking about who to who you could work with, or whether it's the relationship asset inventory that r- helps you to remember all sorts of people you hadn't thought of before because they happen to know some of the people you've written down, for example. All good stuff. So all that really remains in this video 
is uh, firstly to say congratulations. You've reached the end of module one. We've taken you through getting a clear picture of your ideal client and what they're looking for and getting the mindset right for marketing um, at uh, some lots of different alternatives for making initial connections and finding potential clients. And then in this video, we've talked you through the coach approach, the fastest and simplest way to make those initial connections with clients. In the very next video, the very next module, we're going to show you about how to make those connections. So now we've identified who the potential clients are. We know that um, we've got a connection to them through the people who can make introductions, but we've got to actually make that first connection. So that's what we're going to talk about in the next video. So we'll see you there.